And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden has a special guest here to introduce. But we're going to talk about uh, hearing, better hearing. Better hearing. We're going to talk about hearing loss, uh, ways to prevent it, everything you want to know about hearing loss. And um, uh, we have Good morning, by the way. Oh, good morning to you, Danny. (laughs) So if you have hearing questions, um, we're going to get you involved right off the bat. All right. Let me give you the phone number and the text number, and you can tell them about the tweets, too, if you would. Uh, our phone number, we've cleared the line, 651-989-9226. If you have a, a question about hearing, whether it be you or a loved one, 651-989-9226, or you can send the, the doctor and his guest your text question, and that's 81807, 81807. How about tweets? And you can tweet us as well. Um, I can answer it right here, or, or we can answer your questions right here. If you've your, got your phone in your hand, you want to tweet me a question, just make sure you put it to me at Dr. David Hilden. That's Dr. David Hilden. All one word, no letters in there. That's my, I don't know what you call it, my name, my handle. Handle, I Handle, guess. that's a CB radio term, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. So point. Dr. David Hilden. <laughs> Um, always a good idea to put the hashtag healthy matters in there, but you don't have to do that. We have so, a repeat customer. And we with do. Us Dr. Today. Janet Hansen is with us today. She's an audiologist, and yes, indeed, she's one of the people who's been on the show the most. I was trying to figure out who's been on the most, and we've had we've had our poison control people on quite a bit. We've had my good friend John Sweet on a lot, and we've had Janet Hansen, I think three, four, five times over the last decade. We've been on nearly a decade. Wow. And so um Janet, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's good to have you back. Let me tell you just a teeny bit about her. Dr. Hansen, she's an audiologist. She specializes in the management of hearing loss, but not just hearing loss, also dizziness, um, uh, vestibular problems, and we can talk a little bit about that, other ear problems. She's also a member of the HCMC Pediatric Brain Injury Team. That I did not know. And she manages um, HCMC's Universal Newborn Hearing Screening Program, but she sees patients of all ages. I was asking her before we went on the air, where are you from, Janet? She said she's from Chicago, did some more grad school at University of Minnesota and also at Florida. Tell us about that. How did you go from Chicago, Minnesota, Florida? You're here now. Well, you go where the best schools are. At least that, that was my interest. I grew up, like I said, in the Midwest, lived in the suburbs of Chicago, both in the Illinois side and briefly in the Indiana side in the region. Gary, Indiana? Kind of close. Valparaiso. Oh, Valpo. So not yeah. Too far. yeah, that's right. Valpo. And then back to Illinois uh, for most of most of growing up. Then went to Indiana University, so I just kind of like to slide around. Yeah, and, right, you know, right, right. Then up to Minnesota. Um, applied to lots of grad schools. Minnesota seemed like a really good fit for me, so I was happy to be here. Uh, got my doctorate degree through the University of Florida, but was able to stay here for most of that so you time. Didn't, you weren't in Gainesville during no, that time? I didn't have to go to Gainesville. We had a local group here that for, we would get together for our tests and um, – presentations and things like that, and some of the quizzes and things. Um, and then uh, have been at HCMC for, goodness, about 19 years. Wow, that's quite, that's quite the training program. Tell me just for a second, if you would, you have a doctorate in audiology. Doctor so you're a audiology. doctor of audiology. Right, is so, that common in audiologists? Yes, now that is um, the standard degree. When I was younger and in grad school, um, audiologists had to have a master's degree. So that's what I came to the U here for. But then shortly after graduating, within maybe five, six, seven years, the standard became a doctorate degree, and I decided to go back to school. It wasn't required. I could have continued to practice with my master's degree, but I thought I'm young enough, and now's a good time, so I advanced my degree. Some states do require that audiologists have that degree to get licensed. So that I was didn't know pro- where life would take me. Right. So. That's forward thinking. Absolutely. That really was. And it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 
listeners are about to find out she knows a whole lot oh, about right, hearing and about your ears, and she's also <laughs> very good at explaining it to you. So as we, we're already getting calls and texts um, on both of those, um, uh, but before we get to those, let's just lay a little bit of the groundwork about hearing loss. Yes. How big a problem is it? It's a big problem. Um, everyone knows someone that has hearing loss in your family or you have hearing loss yourself. 36 million Americans suffer from hearing loss. That's a big number. It's about the third most common health problem in the United States. It affects people of all ages. We think of it as a quote-unquote old person Mm -hmm. uh, condition. And yes, it is more common uh, with age, but we see at our hospital anyway, people of all ages from newborns um, up to seniors. You mentioned newborns, and I had said that you do work with our newborn screening program. Uh, We'll probably talk mostly about adults and hearing loss, but I'm very curious about that. When babies are born, they're screened for hearing loss? Yes, so we don't ask the baby to raise their hand in their little bassinet. Right, you don't put a little Bose headphones on Although in Minnesota, we're all above average, right? So the baby could do that. But there's some uh, automated technology that tells us how the cochlea, that's our inner ear, probably the most precious little organ of hearing, if that's working correctly. And there's also some automated tests that tell us if the hearing nerve is working correctly. And we can do those on newborns. And if they pass the screen, it means their hearing is normal or quite close to normal. And if they don't pass the screen, then they should go to an audiologist to get some more testing. So what could possibly, you know, I always think of, you know, too many Bruce Springsteen concerts maybe have wrecked my hearing a little bit or I didn't, you know, firearms or a jackhammer or all that. What could possibly a newborn have that, you know, it's a congenital problem? It can be a congenital problem, yes. Um, They used to only screen babies that had risk factors for hearing (coughs) loss. Maybe they had a family member with a hearing loss or they were born with other medical conditions that we know go along with hearing loss. But that only found... Less than half of the babies that were born with hearing loss. We're learning more about it, about um, genetics in hearing loss. And so there are more genes that we know are associated with hearing loss. So those are the ones that we're really looking for. And the goal of finding them so young is that first year of life is so important for speech and language development. Even though babies don't talk till they're close to a year old, they do so much listening. And so if we don't find the hearing loss when they're quite young to help them, that natural process of developing speech and language from their families it, uh, will be delayed. Even at age one year or two year or three years, you're already a, right. Before uh, not the, too uh, late, but you're, it, it's too late. It's I mean, a little, it's a little, a little late. late. A little um, without late, this yeah. technology that we've had for quite a while now for newborns, um, we would the average age we'd find a hearing loss in children was they were two or older. And that was even kids with significant hearing loss where maybe it should have been obvious a little bit earlier, but we just didn't have the means to get that done in an organized way. So now we hopefully are finding babies when they're only maybe a few months old as opposed to a couple years old. So you do that at HCMC. Is that done all over Minnesota or all over the country? Yes, it is. Um, It's pretty much uh, countrywide now. Um, Each state by state uh, developed that, and it became uh, mandated by state laws. But it's standard of care at this point, and uh, it's been that way for probably mm, close to 20 years maybe. Wow, wow. So that's newborns. Now um, we are um, we got a couple texts about tinnitus. We have some people on the line, but I want to ask you a few more things before we do that. Okay. How do I know if I have hearing loss? So is this just the deal where my spouse tells me that I'm not listening or I'm well, saying what a lot? Or how does a person know yeah. that you have hearing loss? Because it's often so gradual, right? It, it is usually quite gradual, at least the typical type of hearing loss that we see the most. Um, but yes, it often is our spouse, our significant other, our family member, people we spend the most time with that might say something. It might be even more noticeable to them than it is to the person with the hearing loss. Um, so it can come on with age. The other so- signs and symptoms are if it seems like people are mumbling and their speech doesn't seem clear, it's probably not 
their voice, although some of us have clearer speech than others, but it, it might be your hearing just not picking up all those speech sounds. So speech might sound more mumbly. Um, you know, if you are noticing that more commonly you're having to ask people to repeat themselves or you're having difficulty when people turn away from you or if they're a little further away from you, like your spouse is in the kitchen and you're in the dining room or the living room reading the newspaper, you can hear them talking, but you can't understand what they're saying. Those are all signs of gradual hearing loss. We're going to get to some more um, um, uh, basic concepts here with Janet um, after a little bit. But, Denny, is it a good time yeah. to, to go to the phones? I think we can. And uh, as you suggested, too, we have a lot of uh, text messages as well. Text number is 81807. The phone line, there's one open if you want to fill it, is 651-989-9226. Bill's going to be our uh, first caller. Uh, Bill, good morning. We're all listening. Hi, good morning, uh, Denny and uh, Dr. Hilburn, guest. Um, I'm um, 57, and I've had hearing loss most of my adult life. I was last time I was checked was about three years ago, and they, the audiologist said I had about 75% hearing loss in, in both ears. Um, my question, uh, nobody has seemed to have been able to answer, but if I'm going into Duluth or coming down from the mountains and the, uh, or even flying, the air pressure in my ears uh, tends to uh, change. It actually allows me to hear better, much better. And then once the air equalizes, um, I kind of go back to uh, uh, my normal lack of hearing. Um, what causes that, and could um, could that be a possible um, way of curing some of my hearing loss? If they can, yeah, I'll just hang up and listen. Okay, thank you for your question. Um, I think that happens to all of us when we're flying or going up or down a great big hill, and I know exactly which hill you're, just, you're mentioning in Duluth because the same thing kind of happens to my ears there. I know so, the hill, too. You hit Spirit yes. Mountain on your right. You can see the lake over there. You come down. And you're, you get kind of excited, right? There it is if it's not a super cloudy day. And you, you hope see the your lake brakes every work time. on your car. Yeah, the trucks have already been checking theirs, right? right? Exactly. Yes, on we know down. the hill. Okay. I think what's happening, or at least what could be happening, is there's a part of the ear called the eustachian tube, and it connects... The back of, uh, from the middle ear space, which is supposed to be filled with air, down to the back of your nose and throat. And when we fly or go up or down a large hill, you'll sometimes feel a buildup of pressure and then like a popping of your ear. And it's actually your ear doing its job, the eustachian tube opening, to let the pressure inside your head equalize with what's going on around you. And if it doesn't happen, then our ears start to feel plugged. We've all had that sensation. We get back from a flight and our ears are plugged for a day or two and you're pulling on your um, earlobe and trying to open up your ears. For some people, they have the opposite effect, where they feel like temporarily for a few seconds they can actually hear better. But I think the eustachian tube is probably what's going on. Um, But there's no way that I know of to maintain that feeling that with your improvement, other than, I suppose, staying in that location. Uh, right. you got to move there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 would decongestions work? Or Some people will like? take like a nasal spray if that's an ongoing thing to kind of open up. Um, I don't know how long term you'd want to use that, um, you know, but that would be a good thing to ask your, either your primary care physician about or an otolaryngologist, my colleagues, the ENT physicians. Tell you what, let's take a break. We have uh, more show to come. 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. We're talking about hearing, your hearing, this morning. 
taking, again, your uh, phone calls and text messages. In the Twin Cities, uh, still a cloudy sky. Could see sun a little bit later. 50 is the current temp. We'll hit 65 later. You stay tuned to CCO. And welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're talking about hearing this morning on the show, welcoming your questions either by phone or by text. I see, uh, Dr. Hillen, one line is open, and that's 651-989-9226. You have plenty of text messages. We sure do. I'm going to group together a few of these text messages, which I'll read to you, and then we're going to go to a phone call because I believe they're all on the same topic of tinnitus. So let me just read these, uh, Dr. Hansen. Um, Here's one that says, um, this is from Barb from Maple Grove who has to get to church by 8, so we want to make sure we get her question in. She says, is there anything to be done for constant ringing in your ears? I leave, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, anything to be done for constant ringing. Here's another one that says, is there anything that can get rid of ringing in the ears? Some days are worse than others. I've had it for many years. Here's another one. What do you suggest to treat tinnitus? And then we have Paul calling, I believe, about the same topic. So let's take Paul's call. Yeah, Paul, go ahead. You're on CCO. What's your question, please? Yeah, good morning. The, on the same vein, uh, I've had uh, tinnitus for well, probably almost 40 years, mainly from uh, my work, 40-plus years of being an auto mechanic with all the loud tools and, and excessive noise, but just wondering if there is uh, something that uh, could, you know, would hearing aids help? I do have some hearing loss in my right ear, too. Paul, is yours all the time? You're, you're ringing? Constant. Constant. Okay. Hey, just before we let you go, Paul, where are you located? Are you from Rainier? Yeah, Rainier. We're, I'm uh, north and east of International Falls. Oh, okay. I thought north and east of International Falls was Ontario. <laughs> uh, almost. almost. <laughs> Very good. Well, it's nice to have you this morning with us. What do you um, think, Janet? All right, tinnitus. This topic always comes up because it is such a common problem, and it's such a bothersome problem to many people. Uh, a lot of people first want to know how do you say it. Tinnitus is usually what we say, but you can also say tinnitus. We'll know exactly what you mean. Is that a tomato-tomato thing? It kind of is. It's the same thing. I don't know if it's a regional thing. I'm not sure where the two pronunciations come in, but most of the time um, in the field we say tinnitus. Is that what you say? Yes, tinnitus. Okay, I'm going with that. All right. She's the expert. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's very, very common. It can be caused by lots of things. Um, First of all, people describe it as different things. It can be a ringing, a bell sound, a hissing sound. Some people say it sounds like cicadas in the summer. Some people say it sounds like I'm standing under a bunch of power lines or near a transformer, that kind of humming sound. For some people, it's in one ear. For some, it's in both. For some, it's more localized to the center of their head. Um, some people say, can you hear it? If you hold your head up by my ear, can you hear it? Those, all these questions come. The most common thing that causes tinnitus is hearing loss. So if you mention to your primary care provider, Dr. Hilden, I've got this noise in my ear. What do I do? The first thing we need to do is check for hearing loss. So that we, a lot of people come in for hearing testing, not because they have hearing loss or they don't notice that. It's the tinnitus that brings them in. Um, It can be, as you mentioned to our caller, loud noise exposure. So for people that work around a loud noise or um, have hobbies like hunting or target shooting, or they grew up on a farm around a lot of equipment, they, that can cause. And all of us, if we're honest, have been to a loud concert at some point in our life, and you leave pretty late in the, or early in the morning, I should say, and as you're walking home, your ears are kind of doing a little hiss, hissing and sizzling sound. And that can be temporary. Um, and what we think is happening is there's these precious little hair cells in the inner ear, and as they are damaged or as they... Uh, change due to aging or from noise exposure or whatever, uh, they're sending a signal to your brain that you're hearing that noise that may not really be there. So what do we do about this? 
That's about the big question of the moment. Um, the quick answer is there's no quick fix, and everyone wants to know, is there a pill I can take or some drops I can put in my ears or something like that to make it go away? The quick answer to that is no. The exception can be uh, if it's caused by hearing loss, and if you are a hearing aid candidate, many patients tell us that they're not as bothered by their tinnitus when they're wearing their appropriately fit hearing aids. And what we think is happening is you can hear sound around you much better and you're less likely to notice the tinnitus. Now, when you take your hearing aids out, the tinnitus is still going to probably be there. Or when you go to bed or Or when something. you go to bed because, of course, we tell you, oh, don't sleep with your hearing aids in. So what other people will do is they'll run like a sound machine, a uh, noisemaker or some sort of uh, sound machine in their bedroom, or they'll turn a fan on just to kind of create some of that white noise to kind of help cover it up. Um, for people that are very bothered by it and not um, – helped by kind of just the usual things we recommend. There are audiologists and other uh, specialists that kind of specialize in tinnitus. I do not, but we will refer you to them, and they will work with you. There's some devices that you can wear that um, function like a hearing aid, but also apply a little bit of what we call masking. It's kind of like a little extra ambient or white noise that helps kind of cover up your tinnitus. And also that goes along with a, a therapy program to help people more or less kind of deal with their tinnitus, how to not have um, such a anxious or emotional uh, connection with it. I, personal story, had tinnitus start about two and a half years ago. And here for years, I've counseled people through this and explained what it is and why we get it. And it kind of just started out of the blue for me. And at first I thought, oh, it'll go away. Um, and it caused a lot of anxiety the first couple months um, I was really bothered by it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, here we go. This is like payback. I'm now experiencing what all You're an patients. audiologist. You had that coming. That's oh, karma. Oh, that's right. It's like uh, I've told people I can't help you with this, and now I have it. And I still have it now. It doesn't bother me as badly as when it first you started. you just get used to it a little? You do, but can't say you always love it. Um, going to sleep can be problematic. Uh, I do have a fan running at all times in the bedroom. I find if I'm stressed which we all get under stress at times, it's much, much worse. If I drink too much coffee, oh, caffeine don't tell me can kind of ramp it up. That. I know, you're breaking I think my you're on your second now. or third cup You're here, breaking right? my heart. Coffee does it? <laughs> so those are all things. Um, but definitely get, get tested. If someone has recommended hearing aids, give it a try. Um, at least in Minnesota, hearing aids always come with a trial period, so you can always give it a try. That should not be the main reason you get hearing aids for the tinnitus, also for the hearing loss, of course. But, um, yes. All right, you're not you can alone. Talk about it all day. You're not alone <laughs> if you have. You know, so I was on an airplane this week, and I bought these zillion dollar noise canceling mm. headphones. And you put these things on, even if you're not listening to music or anything, you can barely hear the jet engine. They're so that amazing. is a that's a weird sensation mm-hmm. taking off in an airplane and barely able to hear the jet engines. Is there some technology like that? A noise canceling. Not for your internal tinnitus. Not for your internal. It wouldn't but it work. Would, um, there are devices that are here. They can be both hearing aids and maskers where you can wear something like that where, you know, playing a sound in your ear, kind of the reverse effect, but not like um, not like the Bose Because it's or, coming know. from inside. Because yeah. it's coming from it's, inside, yeah. Not. And we don't have a way to shut it off um, necessarily. All right. We're going to talk a lot more. We'll talk about hearing aids, particularly in the second half of the hour. And if those of you on the phones, the phones are actually full. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry you're going to have to wait on hold for a little while. But rest assured... We are going to get to your calls after the news break. And maybe before, we have about 30 seconds before we break, Doctor, we could uh, point folks in the right direction if they want to make an appointment. For Absolutely. You want to see Dr. Hansen in audiology or any primary care doctor, call us up at HCMC at 612 612- 
I also want to direct you to the blog site. That's myhealthymatters.org. I've got a lot of people calling me about the diarrhea post I recently did. Isn't that just a lovely topic? That's myhealthymatters.org. On that note, we'll take a break and be back with another half hour of the show. Stay with us here on 830-WCCO. Temperature reading 50 degrees now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're talking about hearing, hearing loss, better hearing. And uh, Dr. Hilden, for those uh, joining us maybe a little bit late, who did you bring with you today? Well, thank you so much, Denny. I have Dr. Janet Hansen with us today. She is a repeat guest and, a, and she's an audiologist. So she is literally the, the expert to go to for hearing loss, hearing aids, all the stuff we've been talking about um, today. Um, Welcome your calls and texts, and we have so many people who have been on hold for such a long time, we're going to go quite quickly to those, but um, I just wanted to remind people, if you want to get in to see someone in our audiology department at HCMC, uh, Dr. Hansen, or one of her partners, the number is easy, it's 612-873-6963, 612-873-6963. I also want to direct listeners to the blog site. It's called MyHealthyMatters.org. All one word, MyHealthyMatters.org. Um, I haven't put a post up for a week because I've been out of town, but my last one was about clostridium, uh, an infectious uh, process, and um, people have been really getting a kick out of that one. Um, not of, not for all the right reasons, but uh, it's uh, you might want to check it out, myhealthymatters.org. You can also listen to podcasts of previous shows. Literally many thousands of people do that every month. You can download it, listen to previous shows. Maybe you missed last week's show about uh, skin cancer. You can listen to it just at your convenience. Um, uh, and you can download it from MyHealthyMatters.org. Denny, should we go yeah. to the phone? Some of these uh, very patient listeners they have are. been on for a while. Let's uh, talk to Rick in Buffalo. Uh, go ahead, Rick. You're on CCO. Yeah, the reason I was calling is uh, I had the crud uh, about a month ago, and all of a sudden um, one ear became plugged, so I'm not hearing very well on one side. And my wife wants me to go in, and my question is, do you go to your doctor, uh, primary doctor, go to a ear, nose, throat specialist, or just let it run the course? Or what's the the best thing when your ears are plugged and you can't quite hear, but you know it's something to do with uh, uh, hopefully a cold that caused it? Yes, this is a common thing that we see a lot of. You can certainly start with your primary care provider or at least give them a call, talk to the nurse, see if you should come in there. But we see patients for this all the time. You could come to the, an ENT clinic like ours. Um, we will first look in your ears to make sure it's not something common like wax, which seems like, well, wouldn't that be obvious? But sometimes things can kind of coexist, and we want to rule out easy stuff first. Then we do some testing to look at if there's any fluid or congestion behind your eardrum in your middle ear. With a cold, a lot of times that eustachian tube that I mentioned earlier uh, popping when we go up or down a hill or in a plane, a lot of times that gets kind of swollen during a cold process and can cause your ears to feel plugged. Sometimes both ears, sometimes one. If it stays plugged long enough, you can get a buildup of fluid in your ear and um, makes your ear feel full, hard to hear out of. But there's also other sudden types of hearing losses that affect the inner ear that can present very similarly. And the course of treatment is very different for the two. Um, and so we'd want to see someone to make sure they get the, uh, the, prop, uh, the proper treatment recommended for them. What the heck is earwax, Janet? We have a oh. texter that says, hi, I have wax buildup. It affects my hearing. What causes this? Yeah, wax. We love to hate 
wax, one of those things. The medical term for wax is cerumen. It sounds much nicer that way, much more maybe yeah, exotic. It does. Wax, uh, there are wax glands in our ear, and it's a normal thing for our ears to have wax. It's actually good to have a little bit of wax coating your ear canals. If you have dry, itchy ears and you are a Q-tip user, you might use Q-tips too much. You're actually kind of stripping the ear canal of its natural oils and changing the pH level. So a lot of people with itchy ears, my next question is, do you use Q-tips. So we don't want to use Q-tips. I don't think you're ever supposed to use Q-tips. No, but you know, people always ask me, well, I'm not supposed to put in my ears. What are they for? Makeup removal? I'm not really sure. It says on the box not to put them in your ears, but we all, I used to be guilty of the same thing. But um, you actually, it feels rewarding, right? You put the Q-tip in, you take it out, you see a little wax on there. But I guarantee you've just pushed more wax deeper down into the inner part of your canal where the ear can't push that wax out by itself. So that's when people get impacted. Nothing smaller than your elbow. Yeah, that's an easy ear. one to remember. I had a guy put a, a Q-tip through his eardrum yes. in the shower. Yes. Slipped in the shower. When the wax, the thing went right through his eardrum. Yes, people like we see lots of damage. Or they'll have it in their ear to dry the water out after a shower while they're blow drying their hair. Or their child comes suddenly into the bathroom and scares them, and then it goes through the eardrum, which can cause a perforation or a hole in your eardrum, which sometimes will heal. But when it's done in that traumatic fashion, sometimes it doesn't heal and may require surgery to fix it. Ooh, ouch. Back to the phones we go. Dolores is calling from Bloomington. Go ahead, Dolores. Uh, yes, I have a question because she is interested in the brain affecting. Uh, two years ago, I fell backwards and hit my head on a sharp piece of furniture and it did um, cause bleeding. Um, and I'm d- since then, I've had a sound in my ears like I'm just plugged up and an echoing in my head. I saw an audiologist and an ENT man, and I do have a hearing loss but now, but, uh, which I don't think I had before. Um, um, but the ENT man said that uh, it wouldn't have been from the fall. So I'm just wondering what you think about it. Well, being that we are in a trauma center, we see um, hearing loss caused by head trauma, but usually quite extreme head trauma where people are brought you know, into the hospital as an inpatient or they may have had a skull fracture or something like that occur. Head trauma falling backwards to the back of the head can cause dizziness. We probably see that more commonly. There are some particles in the inner ear in your balance organ um, that sometimes come loose, and so some people will come see us about dizziness occurring after uh, head trauma. Um, it, but we do see people um, with head trauma, but usually um, it's more the severe head trauma. There are several text messages about that as well, Jan. You know, here's another person says, I fell at home and I hit my head on the corner of a safe. Mm-hmm. Less left side above my ear. I got an instant headache and it's sort of the touch. What should I be looking for? Now, they're talking about a concussion. And that yes. person, if you're having dizziness or headaches, you should be seen by a Absolutely. traumatic brain injury doctor. But yes. hearing loss and concussion or head trauma, you say when it's... It's more the severe... Um, you know, if you're if you mm-hmm. hit your head bad enough to be brought to the hospital, and especially if it's on one side, um, we will see that um, usually not bilateral hearing loss from head trauma unless it's a crushing mechanism or something like that. But that would be quite extreme. Back to the phones we go. Jean is calling from Buffalo. Jean, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a problem that my ears have so much pressure in them. They just feel like they're stuffed, like you say, when you go up in a plane. Mm-hmm. And, and it really causes my head to feel not good. I, um, 
I have hearing aids. I do have a hearing problem. I've also had vertigo for several years. Now, right. I went to an EMT, and he didn't, couldn't figure out what it was, and so we put tubes in my ears yes. for a while. But that didn't seem to help. Okay. I still have that pressure. pressure. Yeah, the pressure in the ears can be caused by other things. Sometimes if we rule out all the ear stuff, then some people, if, if it could be allergy-related or um, general congestion, that people have sinus problems can cause pressure, not just in their ears but in their head. So it can be affecting different parts of your, um, not just your ears, but the rest of your face and your head, too. Maybe in- Maybe an allergist. I think so. Is Might that be a time for that, especially for, if you've already seen an ENT and they tried tubes, because sometimes tubes will help alleviate pressure in the ears. Um, maybe the, uh, back to your general internist mm-hmm. first, and then maybe an allergist next to see if something like that is causing that congestion. All right, let's go to New Wall, Minnesota. Alan has been waiting there. Alan, good morning. You're on CCO. What is your question? I'm uh, 87 years old, and I've never had any hearing in my left ear. And the uh, the best guess is that I had spinal meningitis, uh, you know, about 1931 or something. And uh, uh, the VA has provided me with crossover mm-hmm. hearing aids, but they're really not very effective. Are there any other uh, solutions? Yeah, Alan, when, you've, yeah. and before you answer yeah. this question, we have um, so many questions about hearing, hearing aids. aids. So let's answer Alan's specific sure. situation, then maybe we could talk in right. general about hearing aids. So when people have hearing loss, whether it's one or both ears, we first figure out what kind of hearing loss you have, and is it a medical issue that needs ENT intervention, or is it a, the type of hearing loss that we most commonly fit hearing aids for? Your hearing loss is pretty unique in that you have no hearing in one ear, so a lot of people think, well, just put a hearing aid in the bad ear. But there's, a truth, uh, there's some truth to it that if your hearing is too bad or you have no hearing in that ear, then even a regular hearing aid in that left ear of yours is not going to be helpful. So a cross hearing aid is a very specific and unique type of hearing aid system where you wear what looks like two hearing aids. And on your left ear, it's basically a microphone that sends the signal from that side of your head to the right ear. So you're still left with hearing only on one side. It can uh, eliminate the difficulty of someone sitting on your left side so you don't have to turn your head around to hear them. Um, But it will not improve things as much as you might hope. uh, Those type of hearing aids, people either love them or not love them. Um, We work with them quite a bit. There's also something called a Baja, which used to stand for bone-anchored hearing aid. It's also something that picks up sound on one side of your head and sends it to your better hearing ear. Does it just, like, go through the bone itself? Mm -hmm. That one would go through the bone itself. Because your skull vibrates Vibrates. We can can hear hear through vibrations, right? So part of your hearing test, if you go in, we test you with regular headphones like everyone thinks. Of, and then we'll put something behind your ear called a bone oscillator, and we test your hearing that way. And that helps the audiologist figure out where in the ear is the hearing loss coming from, what type of hearing loss you hear. In Alan's case, you know, he was a young, he was young, right. and he probably he probably is deaf in that ear. Mm-hmm. You know, he really from a very does, young age. Yeah, from a very young age, so it doesn't sound like very much other than what some of these more interesting right. things that you've talked um, about. And people always ask also about what cochlear implants. A cochlear implant is a very specific type of hearing device for people that have severe to profound hearing loss. And it used to be um, only used in people that had that hearing loss in both ears. Now they're starting to do some trials. Uh, I'm not sure it's done on a widespread basis yet where they are trying something like a cochlear implant in that quote-unquote dead ear um, But I think they're kind of selectively choosing who's a good candidate for that. We do find that the longer you've had the hearing loss in that bad, bad ear, the less helpful sometimes hearing aid or other technology intervention is because you've become accustomed to it. So you've kind of worked out some strategies on your own. 
If you, if I could, um, Janet, I'm going to try to paraphrase or go through about four or five text messages all about the topic of hearing aids, all and right. you can just take off where you want yes. to on this one. Here's one that says, I have had hearing aids for about 10 years. Can you tell me um, <laughs> the average hearing loss? What's the best all-around hearing device available? I'm having issues with my 10-year-old ones. Mm-hmm. Here's another one that says, can you go – what – what are hearing aids that you don't need to take out a loan for? In other words, are any of them affordable? <laughs> yeah. Here's another one. Are big box stores okay for hearing checks and buying hearing aids? You know, they're saying, can you just kind of go to a retail situation? Um, let's see if there's any others. My health insurance doesn't cover hearing aids. Is that common? What options do they have? Hearing aid, and here's another one that says, what about the hearing aids that you can't see so much? Are there more, uh, un- I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, more un- un- invisible mm-hmm. ones? All of those topics, right. what do you want to touch oh, goodness. on? Oh, where to start? In hearing that. aids, that could be a whole show in and of itself. Um, yes, hearing aids are expensive. They are typically not covered by insurance for most people. Um, uh, Medicaid does cover hearing aids. Medicare does not, and other private insurances typically do not. But if you have a supplemental insurance, uh, I do recommend calling that them just to see if you have any coverage. Some people get a surprise that they'll have four or $500 coverage, which won't pay for everything, but at least puts a dent in it. Um, hearing aids, the average life of a hearing aid is about five to seven or maybe eight years. So the hearing aids that are 10 years or older, certainly technology has changed. Um, maybe two or three generations at least of technology has changed in a 10-year lifespan. Um, there is no quote-unquote best hearing aid out there. I th- uh, there's lots of different brands. People say, you know, what kind should I buy? This brand, that brand. I think it doesn't matter so much the brand, although the companies would tell you there's our superior. Yeah, I'll bet their sales reps might they say They want you to, yeah, marketing yeah. and all that. But I think most important with hearing aids is find an audiologist that you like, that you trust, that you feel like has your best interest at heart and isn't just trying to make a hard sell. Um, this is someone you're going to have a relationship with. It's not just the device you're purchasing. You're purchasing their service and their ongoing care. So make sure it's someone that you actually want to go back and see and feel comfortable doing that if you're having difficulties. The worst stories I hear are, oh, I bought hearing aids five years ago. I went back once. I still didn't really like the way they sound, so I just put them in a drawer. Hearing aids are way too expensive to just go sit in a drawer. So be persistent. Go back at least multiple times. When they're new, brand new, they come with at least a 45-day or 60-day trial period. You will need to pay for them up front to take them with you in most cases, but you can try one, and after about a month, if you feel like it's not doing anything, either get some adjustments made to it, reprogramming, or try a different type of device to see if you like that better. So um, I think it's not so much where you go, it's where you feel like uh, you're comfortable and that you like that person and that you feel like um, they're they have your best interest. That in was a great response to a, just a, a ton of questions. I might respond to the person who wants to go to a retail place and get your things. I would my I'm a, a general internist. I'm not a hearing doctor, but I would go to someone like Dr. Hansen. That would be my my recommendation is to start out with a person with an extensive background. Um, an audiologist doesn't didn't just get a certificate, uh, you know, in a month or two. The um, um, she has gone. She has a master's degree and a doctorate degree. She knows everything that <clears throat> not everything. <clears throat> excuse me. She doesn't know everything, but she knows more than almost anybody else about your hearing loss. And and to have a one on one conversation with someone like that for something that's important as your hearing, that's my suggestion um, well, about that. where to thank go. You. She wouldn't say that, but I can. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones while we have the time. Kevin is calling from Golden Valley. Go ahead, Kevin. Hi. Question for you. Is um, there a proper way to clean your ears? 
I had heard one time when you're in the shower to put your water in your ears for 10 seconds in each ear, and that should keep them clean and not need Q-tips. Great question, Very good Devin. question. Yes, since we talked about Q-tips a little bit. Um, most of us need to do absolutely nothing to clean our ears. They are self-cleaning. The skin cells in your ear canal... Um, as they migrate outwards, we slough skin, the skin in our ears. I should back up. Uh, the skin is the same, similar type of skin that we have on our hands and on our face, and we're always sloughing off skin cells um, constantly. And the same thing happens in your ear canal. As those cells slough off, they want to migrate outward, and they will pull wax with it. Uh, we contra uh, we counteract that by sticking things like our fingers or our fingernails or Q-tips, or I've even heard bobby pins and safety pins, and whew, I, there's lots yeah, of scary ooh. stories out there. But basically, the best thing is most of all just to leave them alone, not put anything in them, like you said, other than, you know, that's smaller than your elbow. Anything you can put your elbow in. Um, unless you've been told otherwise by your physician or an ENT physician. Now, some people, the wax glands in their ears are very overactive and they make a lot of wax, or they have very narrow or torturous, very curvy ear canals where the wax gets stuck. stuck. So some people do need to use eardrops. Um, whether they're prescribed drops or just something, um, I hear the ENTs mention a lot, mineral oil or even olive oil, olive which oil. I thought was weird the first time I heard it. But um, it's basically one drop of some sort of oil like that maybe once a month, and it's not very often, just to kind of keep things soft. And then like you mentioned, Kevin, flushing your ear out in the shower, as long as you know you don't have a hole in your eardrum or anything else medically going on, like an ear infection going on, um, yes, flushing it out like that is probably the best thing. But most of all, we just usually leave our ears alone uh, and only get them cleaned out maybe by a professional if need be. Okay. We, um, I, I've got to ask this one probably as our last okay. um, one of the day but because I love this person even though I've never met him. Uh, <laughs> explain vertigo and ear problems. I know that's a big topic, but the reason I love this text is that it says, I'm 71 years old and I want to tandem jump. I oh, believe skydiving. Wow. And I, what can I do to prevent an attack of vertigo? I am going to do this, exclamation point. First of all, good on you. Way wow. to go. I'm glad you're going to do I'll, it. You I'll wouldn't catch you me on. skydiving. No, I'll cheer you d- yeah. on from the ground. Have but, at um, it. Yeah. But what about vertigo? Okay. And, and can you prevent it yeah. if you're about to do motion things? You know, things? vertigo is the medical term for a spinning sensation, that feeling that you're on a merry-go-round or going around a um, uh, fair ride at the state fair. Um, I hate that feeling. I avoid it at all costs. Some people love it. They're thrill seekers. They love to go on rides. To avoid vertigo, basically what you want to do probably is keep your balance system healthy and keep it functional. The more we sit still and become sedate in our life, um, perhaps especially as we get older, I find like I can't go on a swing ride with my son anymore without feeling kind of like a little dizzy. Not vertigo, but I feel like almost a little sick Mm -hmm. to my stomach. But the more I go on that swing and keep – my balance function healthy and used to sort of new stimulating things I think is good. So perhaps building up to this uh, event that you're planning for to kind of um, you might want to work with a physical therapist or somebody that could help get your balance, make sure it's healthy to begin with, and then keep kind of train you. You're going to experience some um, sensation on your body that maybe haven't ever felt before, but maybe to plan for that. They'll do things like training, turning your head back and forth as you're moving a certain way so that that's not going to cause Does you Dramamine work or meclizine or anything? Um, I don't know. I would check with whoever you're going to do this event with to see if they want you on something like that because that also dulls your reaction time. Oh, yeah. It's kind of has a sedative effect. Mm. But for people that have vertigo or motion sickness, they often need to use that. 
Okay, we, well, have at it at the skydiving, though. Yeah. <laughs> Denny and Jan and I will be rooting we'll be for here. you. No, we're not going to be doing it ourselves. Um, we're we're going to run out of time here, and so I just want to thank uh, Dr. Janet Hansen, audiologist at HCMC. Um, we could go on and on and on and on about hearing loss, and for all of you who texted in and we didn't quite get to your questions, thank you for trying. Um, we simply don't have enough time in, in the show to get to all of them, and those of you uh, who called, again, I appreciate it, and sorry we didn't get to your calls. We do our best. Um, if you want to get a hold of Dr. Hansen or any of the audiologists at HCMC, 612-873-6963. 8736963 and I do want to encourage you to check out myhealthymatters.org for podcasts of recent shows for my takes on various topics including a recent one about clostridium myhealthymatters.org thanks janet thank you for having me next week on the show open line, open line show. show you stay with us here on 830 wcco